Welcome to the St. Michael Fall podcast series. My name is Tim Smith, and I will be leading our meditation today. Our theme this fall is building our future. This is a unique time in the history of St. Michael Church. God is calling us to take courageous steps forward. Together, we will build a future where the kingdom of God can be seen and known in new ways. As the psalmist says, send out your light and your truth that they may lead me and bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. A reading from Matthew chapter 16, verses 1 through 12. The Pharisees and the Sadducees came to Jesus and tested him by asking him to show them a sign from heaven. He replied, When evening comes, you say it'll be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, today, it will be stormy, for the sky is red and overcast. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the sign of the times. A wicked and adulterous generation looks for a sign, but none will be given it except the sign of Jonah. Jesus then left them and went away. When they went across the lake, the disciples forgot to take bread. Be careful, Jesus said to them. Be on guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They discussed this amongst themselves and said, It is because we didn't bring any bread. Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked, You of little faith, why are you talking amongst yourselves about having no bread? Do you still not understand? Don't you remember the five loaves for the five thousand and how many basketfuls you gathered? Or the seven loaves from the four thousand and how many basketfuls you gathered? How is it that you don't understand that I was not talking to you about bread? Be on your guard. Let me do that again. Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Then they understood that he was not telling them to guard against the yeast used in bread, but against the teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Here ends the reading. In her book, The Gospel of Stories, a narrative approach to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Dr. Janine Brown exposes a shortfall of many Christians when it comes to reading Scripture. We read the Bible, a passage or a verse, at a time. In other words, we fail to recognize the Gospels are cohesive narratives. It would be easy to do that with our Gospel lesson today but we would miss much of Matthew's message by not looking at what had happened before. Matthew chapter 15 opens with a challenge from the Pharisees that Jesus' disciples do not follow the tradition of the elders. That leads to a conversation about what defiles until Jesus says, what goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth, this is what defiles them. Jesus then tells a parable to his disciples about the blind leading the blind, which was clearly directed toward the Pharisees. The disciples fail to understand this parable, which is a significant and persistent theme in the Gospel of Matthew. In fact, they misunderstand Jesus at almost every turn in Matthew's account. Yet, these are the very people Jesus entrusted with the perpetuation of his message and mission. Matthew then shifts to the story of a Canaanite woman who cried out to Jesus, asking him to heal her demon-possessed daughter who is suffering significantly. Jesus shockingly rebuffs her, not once but twice, but he's only testing her faith and persistence. 
until finally he relents, saying, Woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed immediately. This woman's faith was a stark contrast to that of the Pharisees. Jesus then returns to the eastern side of Galilee, where the Gentiles lived. Finding a mountainside, he sat down, the position indicative of a rabbi who is about to teach. But he is interrupted by the throngs of people, many of them Gentiles, who in faith bring to Jesus the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others to be healed. After a long day, Jesus looked at the crowd of 4,000 and had compassion on them, for they had not eaten. The disciples questioned Jesus about where they could get enough food in such a remote place to feed everyone. Once again, the disciples' lack of faith and understanding is shown. The Pharisees then turned to Jesus and asked for a sign from heaven. They still don't believe. Jesus' reaction is clear-cut, calling them a wicked and adulterous generation and telling them that they will only be given the sign of Jonah. You remember the sign of Jonah? who was called by God to go to Nineveh to warn the city of God's impending punishment and destruction, and who resisted God and sailed in the opposite direction. In the midst of a storm, he was swallowed up by a fish and remained there three days. Thus, we see the connection to Jesus remaining in the tomb for three days. Jesus had just performed a great sign in the Pharisees' presence by healing a deaf man who was possessed by a demon. But rather than believe, they accused Jesus of doing this by the power of Satan. Jesus recognized the Pharisees' hardness of heart and refused to give them further proof of his identity. However, he did say that there would be one further sign forthcoming, his resurrection from the dead after three days in the tomb. This would be their final opportunity to be convinced. Jesus then turned and warned his disciples to be on guard against the yeast of the Pharisees. This spurred a conversation amongst the disciples regarding the fact that they had all forgotten to take bread with them on this journey, even after the enormous leftovers after the feeding of the 4,000. Once again, they failed to understand. Today, Matthew wants us to see the contrast between the faith of the pagan Canaanite woman and Israel's most passionate and committed believers, the Pharisees. In between these, we find the disciples so committed to following Jesus that they had given up everything to be with him. And yet they struggled mightily to understand Jesus' teaching, mission, and destiny. Matthew wants us to ask ourselves, do I understand Jesus' message and his call upon my life? Do I have the faith of the Canaanite woman and the throngs of pagans who brought their friends and loved ones to Jesus to be healed? When my father was in seminary at Perkins School of Theology, he and my mother were so poor that they couldn't rub two pennies together. At the time, Mrs. Baird's bakery was just down the street on Mockingbird. When they brought the bread out of the oven, the heavenly smell would reach the open windows of the married's dorm. My father would go to the back door of the bakery where they sold warm loaves to students, and then he would walk across the street to Tom Thumb to buy a stick of butter. He'd slice the bread, put the stick of butter in the middle to melt, and then wrap it back up in the bag. 
When he got home, my mother and father would revel in the soft, chewy bread, socked in butter, which would run down their chins. What a dinner. It was almost as good as heaven on earth. My father told me that friends would often stop by, drawn by the smell, and they too would share in the same buttery goodness. Bread in the times of Jesus was a staple of the Jewish diet. It was a symbol of the Torah, God's word, which was life-sustaining as well. The availability of bread was often associated with good times and food security. Likewise, the source and foundation of our faith, the Holy Scriptures, should be like eating a fresh loaf of bread out of the oven. This recalls to mind Jeremiah chapter 15, verse 16. Your words were found and I ate them, and your words became a joy to me and the delight of my heart. So how do we attain the faith of the Canaanite woman and the throngs of the pagans who brought their friends and loved ones to Jesus to be healed? Be wary of the teachers you listen to and immerse yourself daily in the Word of God. Just as the smell of fresh, butter-filled bread drew other seminary students to my parents' apartment, may we be drawn into community as we delve into God's Word together. And may the Word of God be as warm, refreshing, and delightful as a fresh-baked loaf of bread dripping with butter. Amen. Please join me as we continue with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray. O God, whose blessed Son came into the world, that he might destroy the works of the devil and make us children of God and heirs of eternal life, grant that, having this hope, we may purify ourselves as he is pure. When he comes again with power and great glory, may we be made like him in his eternal and glorious kingdom where he lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen.